epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now, Hawks executive Arthur Trish. Do you not have privileges with the rookies? You can't make them take care of that? You think I'm going to tell Ivan Johnson something? Are you crazy? I value my life. With your host, Gallup Anderson. Stop it now behind his head. Seku Smith and Lang Whitaker. The NBA's executive vice president of basketball, versus Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, Stu, when players see you coming, do they get out of the way now? No, the worst thing that happened to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of the nation, Dave Zyron. Only the Knicks for $100 million would sign somebody with one eye and two microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth. He's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip off. Playoff edition of the Hang Time Podcast. Playoff weekend on tap in the NBA Lang. Um we got a, we got some <laughs> we got some win or go fishing propositions for a few teams. Um both LA teams playing in Los Angeles this weekend, the Lakers against the Thunder, the Clippers against the Spurs, needing to win at just I mean, you gotta win one game to stay alive, you know, just to Yeah to get to the next one. And then you got to try and get out of the weekend stealing two if you're the Lakers. Um, you know, certainly you need to steal one if, if you're the Clips to, to stay alive. But we, we hadn't talked about the other team that's, that's on the ropes, and that's the, the Miami Heat, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> down 2-1 to the Pacers. What do, you, what do you make of this sudden and striking turn of events in the playoffs? Um, I wonder if part of the surprise is, is – the season was so short that we didn't really and maybe this is just making excuses for us but the season was so short <laughs> we didn't really get a you know as good of a view as perhaps we have in previous seasons for right. some of these teams um so we were taken a little bit by surprise when um when a Philadelphia knocks off a Boston in Boston or right. or the way Indiana's been playing um Throughout the playoffs, actually, yeah. You uh, you surprised at all, or you're not prepared to change any uh, playoff prediction or anything? Are you still gonna hold true to? I still, I, I mean, I picked Miami, Oklahoma City, and um, I'm still going with them. I um, I don't want to make excuses, but I didn't know that you know Chris Bosh would get hurt from Miami, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, we going. left out that we left out that little piece, uh, you know, Chris Bosh with it. And I listen. I'll fight with you about that later, but All right. yeah, definitely Chris Bosh going down um, with an abdominal strain, which I guess you know the the severity of which is still to be determined. I mean, obviously he's out indefinitely, but you know that's something apparently you can 
either come back from at some point soon or it might take longer. You know, you just never know. Um, and, and since the last time we've talked, uh, gosh, what else? LeBron James wins his third MVP. I mean, at 27 years up, old, you, you can pile up some serious snooze in, in the course of a week in the, during the playoffs. This just, um, you know, I turned 30. You know, how many times have you turned thirty now? Uh, about eleven. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on my eleventh thirtieth birthday or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> and I was turning thirty before I actually turned thirty. I was just saying it. Yeah, thirty, thirty. Trying to, you know, trying to hold the numbers down. But uh, that's a dirty. No, I mean, you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's uh. I mean, what is what do you think? And, and we haven't talked about the the MVP situation, but what is what is three MVPs? And if they don't get through this year, no titles mean for LeBron going into next season. Like, man, talk about some pressure to to you know to win. To win. It, yeah. It's not good enough to just be a good team in the regular season, be the best team in the league. I mean, he's got the win it all or nothing pressure on him now. Yeah, you know, I, I was on. I was on a radio show the other day and they asked about that. And I said, and I think this has been true for, I think that's been true for like a couple of years now that he's got the win it all or nothing pressure on him. Um, and, and, you know, at this point, I don't even know if winning one's going to change anything. Um, you know, the, I mean, people just love to jump all over him on Twitter and, you know, yeah. message boards and on radio. And, and, you know, th- this guy, he hasn't won a title, but you know, he's won, three MVPs and he's not, he's 27 years old. Um, you know, I mean, what if, if he never wins a title and wins six, seven MVPs, does that change anything? Or I, I, you know, I think at this point you kind of take it for granted a little bit how good he is, um, which is crazy to say for a three time MVP, but I still think people sort of take for granted a little bit how, how dominant and how, uh, incredible he is. I know. I just, I feel like it it makes it hard. It's going to make it harder for people to appreciate, exactly what you're talking about years from now if he's he's got to and i i don't feel I, myself personally i don't sit here and say to myself well he's got to win a championship to justify what kind of player he was i don't believe that i don't right. believe i don't believe that's the case for barkley i agree Patrick ewing or any other guy so i'm not gonna hold lebron to that same standard and people will tell you well you know barkley was never the greatest player in the league or ewing was never the greatest player in the league you know, and if LeBron wants to be considered the greatest player in the league, he has to win a title and da 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 da. Right. I'm, I, I'm having a harder time being married to that idea as as the years go on, and you realize how much can go sideways in a player's career. How many? You know, hey, what are you going to do if another somebody else gets on a roll and has a has a great season? It's any other. It also Lang makes me have that much more appreciation for the work. Michael Jordan was able to do during his career. And it's, and it's another reason why I am, I'm officially as of this day, I am done comparing active players to Michael Jordan and, and using his legacy as a standard. <laughs> because there's, there's no one that you can compare. It's impossible. I mean, it's impossible. You know, and it, it's just, it, it becomes completely unfair at a point when you're always trying to use Jordan as the benchmark for some other guy's career. I mean, think of the players over the last nine, 10 years who have been gobbled up by the Jordan expectation. Think about it now. Vince Carter gobbled up. I mean, completely mauled by the Jordan expectation. 
And I was laughing with somebody that day. We were arguing about this at the barbershop. You know, they were saying, oh, man, nobody ever compared jo- Vince Carter to Jordan. And I was like, really? Yeah. I was like, where were you at the, his first three or four years in the league? Where were you when he and Kobe and T-Mac, everybody was looking at, at them and going, well, which one of these three dudes will end up being like Jordan, you know, Grant, and winning all these championships? Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Supposed to be the next Jordan. Exactly. I mean, Harold Jerry Minor. Stackhouse. People forget it. <laughs> Jerry Stackhouse at one point yeah. had that tag, especially coming from North Carolina. I mean, exactly. there, have been a, there have been a lot of players whose careers have been wrongly, in my opinion, defined by a standard that they were never going to be able to live up to. Right. Well, I think you could say that about, you know, different positions. There's a lot of, you know, who's going to be the next Kareem? Who's going to be the next Shaq? Right. Uh, but overall, yeah, there's there's never going to be another Jordan. No. I think, can we disagree with that? Just, yes. Can we let's agree put, let's, to let's, that? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's blow taps on that one and, and put some dirt on it and call it a day. Um, but anyway, let's get on, let's let's move on. We we got to talk about you know talk about Jordan another day when we talk Bobcats, um, which will be never. Um, and let's talk about uh, these Indiana Pacers and, and what all they're doing. Our first guest joining us today, our main man Mike Wells of the Indianapolis Star. Mike, uh, you burning the midnight oil now, huh? You 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 getting back used to being uh, <laughs> busy this time of year with the Pacers? Man, you know, usually around this time, of year, I'm already on vacation, got my toes in the sand somewhere, looking at some pretty water. I'm not getting in the water. I'm just looking at the water. So I'm definitely on my fifth wind of the season with these boys. <laughs> what, do you, are, you, are you at all surprised at, at how well the Pacers have played, or is this, this something you can see building maybe from the, their first-round series? You know, I, I, I've kind of seen it all season. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when, when the season started, people looked at the Pacers and said, you know, maybe they'll move up to the sixth or seventh seed in the East. It was obviously it was going to be uh, Chicago, Miami, and then, you know, probably Orlando. And then after that, it was going to be a toss-up. But then, you know, you looked in the first month of the season, they go on the road. They win in Chicago. They win in L.A. against the Lakers. They win in Boston. They beat Orlando. You kind of you kind of seen the confidence building out of this team. You know, are they are they pretty? No, I mean, it, they just simply get they just simply get the job done. And uh, let's be real, they played Orlando in the first round without Dwight Howard. They get by right there, up two one on Miami without Chris Bosh. But even if uh, Howard was in the lineup. It would have been a competitive series. Even if Bosch stayed in the lineup, it would still be a competitive series. You know, a lot of people don't realize who the Indiana Pacers are because they didn't spend a lot of time on national TV this season. They're just a bunch of blue-collar workers who just get after it and get under their opposition skin. Well, Mike, what are they doing to, to not only stay in these games against Miami but beat them? It's simple depth. I mean, Frank Vogel is able to keep fresh bodies on the court all the time. You know, uh, he's, he's throwing Danny Granger, Paul George, Dante Jones, and LeBron James on the perimeter. And when you look at Miami, it's basically, you know, a two-man show, meaning um, LeBron and D-Wade. And after that, you know, it's a bunch of role players. If you can key in on those guys and make LeBron and D-Wade play defense on both ends, play on both ends of the court, meaning offense and defense, you can wear them out. And, and when you got a veteran like David West, he's keeping these guys focused. He's not going to let them get too high, get too low, uh, depending on what happens in the game against the Heat. Mike, I, I heard Frank Vogel talk about we're going to do what Dallas did, but better. I, I think that was one of the things I heard on the inside tracks on TNT the other night. I, is is that the is that the blueprint that, that they're using in terms of this entire series, just trying to come at the – 
the heat and waves with all that depth and all that balance and, and assuming they can wear him down and wear him out the way Dallas did in the finals last year? That's been their mantra the whole season. He, Vogel's always talked about the Mavericks and the Boston Celtics, the way they play unselfish basketball, how the ball always moves. Obviously, with Dallas, it's Dirk's team. In Boston, it's going to be part, uh, Paul Pierce looking for the scoring. But he likes the way they play. They move. They play hard and move the basketball. That's been the mind frame he's been preaching all season. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I call Vogel. He could have a 3 a.m. infomercial on his motivational tactics. That's just how he operates. He's showing clips of the Mavericks, showing clips of the, of, uh, the Celtics to his players as far as unselfishness goes. And it's, it's showing right now in the playoffs. That's why they beat Orlando 4-1. to That's why they're up 2-1 to on uh, Miami right now. And I know a lot of people, you know, Dallas had a had a big presence in the middle of Tyson Chandler last year, and Roy Hibbert's kind of filling that role right now for the Pacers. And I, I think people don't really know how good Hibbert can be. Do you think that's true? Like, you know, even though he was an All Star, he's kind of like the Pacers, sort of been below the radar this season. He is. You know, Hibbert's not flashy. I call him Mr. Fundamental Junior, meaning you know, obviously everybody knows Tim. <laughs> Tim, Tim Dunk is Mr. Fundamental Senior, and uh, Hibbert Junior because. He's not going to sit there. He's not going to do. He's not going to be like Dwight or Andrew Bynum and Britt and, and who tear down the rim when he goes up for a dunk. He's going to have solid footwork. He's going to, you know, go to the hook with the left or right hand. And when when the um, opposition drives to the basket, whether it's Wade or or LeBron, Hibbert's is going to go straight up and contest the shot and just try to alter it. That's all he wants to do. He's not pretty. The big fella will be the first to tell you he's not a pretty basketball player and he's not athletic. Well, that's listen. He won't get any. Uh, he won't get any complaints from Pacers fans. I'm sure they're loving every bit of it right now. Mike, the other day I tweeted out in the morning that I thought, hey, you know, I hope Larry Bird's peers get it right and and make him the executive of the year in the NBA. And a few hours later, not that I had any inside information, of course, it happened. Um, do you feel like this is the? This is all a culmination, all the work that's going on the past few years, and that Larry maybe looks at this and whatever run they make in this playoffs, he walks away the same way he did after they made it to the finals, you know, when he was coaching, or do you think Larry's going to stick around and, and try and be a part of this for, for a few more years? But you know, say you covered, you covered uh bird for a few years in Indiana. He's hard to read. You, you can't tell one moment. It looks like he wants to stick around and keep this through the next moment. He acts like he's ready to go down to his retirement, his home down in Florida and you, and just uh, go off in the sunset. You know, as I tell people around here is, you know, Larry has grinded it out for 90 yards on the football field, taking a lot of bruises and everything. Why get to the 10-yard line and hand it off to somebody else to get all the glory? He should stick around and take this team over the top. They've worked hard uh, to get to this point, and they should they should continue. He should stick around and, and see it all the way through. But, again, you know, Bird's never been about fame and glory. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he's an MVP, Coach of the Year, executive of the Year. But he, he doesn't care about those things. He just – wants to do his job, go home, and sit on the couch and uh, have a nice cold beverage. That's just how Larry operates. <laughs> well, to, hey, Mike, to continue your football analogy, uh, is this a Pacer team that now that they're on the 10-yard line, can they get it across the goal line? I think whoever comes out of the West, uh, I, I, you know, between um, Oklahoma City and San Antonio, I think whoever wins in the West is probably going to win the championship. Both those teams are very, very good basketball teams. I think if the Pacers do end up beating Miami, and, I, and at this point, you know, going into the series, I thought it was going to be Miami and six, but just with all the drama and everything going on right now, I think if the Pacers can handle their business Sunday, they'll win this series. 
Um, and I think they got a good chance to, you know, to go head-to-head with Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think it's going to be the Spurs or the Thunder winning the championship this year. I just like the way both of those teams play. They've been solid all year. And Greg Popovich has had his boys on a mission. What, Mike, Mike, what what else do you think the Spurs team needs? Sorry, Saker. Yeah, yeah, no but, problem. You know, if this is a team that's, you know, not quite there yet, is this just a team that needs some more experience or they need another piece somewhere? I, still, I think as good of a, a team they are, you know, I still feel like they need that guy. When the game's on the line, everybody in the world knows he's going to get the ball either in the post or he's going to be isolated out front to try to do something. Um, I think it's only going to take them so far. You look at Oklahoma City, it's going to be Kevin Durant. Miami, it's going to be LeBron James. San Antonio is probably is going to be Duncan, Parker, or Ginobili at the end of the game. I just When you look at the Pacers, they just don't have that clear-cut guy where you say he's definitely going to take that shot. Obviously, you're going to look David West and um, Danny Granger first, but I just still feel like that piece is missing with Indiana. That, that, that's kind of part of what I was going to ask, um, Mike, and Lang nailed it, but what – what about the makeup of this roster? I think the, the balance and the depth is what makes them so good. Would they want to tinker with that by adding that so-called star piece that puts you over the top? Or would they want to, you know, what if this team gets to the finals? Um, would they think that, hey, we got the right formula and it's just a matter of them getting another year, another couple of years of seasoning to be a consistent contender? You know what I mean? Would they, you think they would, would refrain from doing the star thing and keep, the team, you know, attitude and in the more balanced approach. Well, that's 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 the tricky thing. I mean, obviously, when you know when the season started, you figured, like I said, they go up one or two spots in the East, get knocked out in the first round again, and then you go get that superstar player. But if they do get to the NBA Finals, I'm not sure you really make that move. I mean, maybe maybe that's the, the blueprint for him. You hope that a guy like Paul George can grow into right. that role that he he becomes that perimeter star on the wing because he's got the tools. He's just young still. And he doesn't realize how good he is. So you, you hope maybe that's that's the way to go. But if you get to the finals, I don't see why you look to try to trade a Danny Granger or somebody like that. You just you try to build on it and hope that the off season your players continue to develop and they're able to take that next step, meaning Paul George and become that superstar player because he will be playing with the, you know as part of the Team USA Select team. So hopefully, being around those guys this summer, that uh, he'll be able to uh, grasp that and and, and run with it. And Mike, if if they do make the finals, you know, Seiko and I had already been talking about what we might do in Miami. Like, what, 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 we had a hot date planned in Miami, Mike. So I just want you to know, you're blowing the paces are blowing this whole thing for us right now. <laughs> hey, I, I'm getting my fill of Miami right now. Not that I'm trying to rub it in you guys' face or anything, but I'm definitely getting my fill of Miami. Hey, Lane, don't worry. Hey, Seiko, spend some time here. He'll take you to the hot spots of Indy. <coughs> so he'll, he'll hook you up real well. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking we might hit your crib, have like a barbecue or something, or you know, have to have some kind of a hang time podcast uh, day out or something. Hey, hey, it'll be what is it? They say BYOB. It'll be BYOM. You bring your own meat. I, I supply the grill, and we're right. good to go. Hey, uh, and, and I know we joke with you, Mike, about working this deep into the uh, season. I know you can handle it, but seriously, how is David Benner, the the, the venerable PR man for the Indiana Pacers, like how is is he got a ventilator or something to keep working this late into the season? How is he surviving this? Hey, you know what? I always gotta I always gotta tell him I, I'll bring a cane to the arena and help him move along because he's getting slower and slower as the season progresses. I mean, he, he's been around he's been around this franchise since the Flintstones were around when they were rubbing their feet on the ground to get the cars running. So that's how long DB's been around. But he's definitely slowing up. 
you know, his, his mind frame, as long as he's got a cigar and he's able to put his feet up on his porch out there on his uh, his mansion on the golf course in South in South Indianapolis, he, he's good to go. No, I'm loving this. I think I think the story itself too is is going to get um, a whole lot of pub if they if they pull this thing off and and it's by no means done. I mean, up two one does not mean you know you've won a series by any stretch. But if they pull this off, this would to me this would be the story of the playoffs to this point. Is is not just the Heat losing, but the team they lost to the Pacers, a team that nobody going into this season would have predicted this could happen. Well, the funny thing is, you know, the Pacers, they sit there and they, they play that role of, you know, uh, we're not worried about what the what the national media thinks of us, blah, blah, blah. They took it personal that they weren't, they didn't get much uh, national television pub this season. They weren't on TNT. They weren't showing up on ESPN. They weren't on ABC. They they took it personal. They had, they had their first uh, nationally televised game in March against Philadelphia on ESPN in like two years. So, as Roy Hibbert said, we'll be under the radar, but when the playoffs come, we're going to surprise a lot of people, and I think people are seeing that. They're seeing that the, the, the team mind frame can hang with the superstar mind frame, and we're seeing that right now. If the Pacers lost Danny Granger or or a George Hill for a game or two, they would be fine because they're so deep. They'll plug in a Leandro Barbosa into that spot. Uh, Miami, you see what's happening with Miami. They lose Chris Bosh, and all of a sudden they're just basically – they're bringing out Dexter Pittman, who hadn't played in like three months, and putting them in a starting lineup. They're trying to plug holes. The Pacers will be fine. Somebody will go down, somebody else steps in. And that's why their team mind frame, it has them, you know, another step closer to reaching the Eastern Conference, Conference Finals since you were here in Indiana back in old four, Seku. That's right. No, that's right, Mike, and I appreciate it, man. Listen, we, uh, we, we will be talking to you soon. Maybe we'll do it from the deck during the Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. You never know. We'll do it from the deck out there on the west side in Indy, man. We, we look, we're looking forward to it. And we listen, I know my way to, uh, you know, several stores uh, in the Indianapolis area to, to find a little fresh meat to throw on the grill. So, you know, keep keep the charcoals burning for us. Yes, sir. You know how we do it. We don't mess with our propane, man. It's all charcoal. <laughs> <and> charcoal. <laughs> That's right. Mike Wells from the Indianapolis Star joins us on the Hang Time Podcast. We appreciate it, Mike. All right, fellas. Y'all be good now. Thanks, Mike. Lang, I uh, I have been pleasantly surprised with the with all that's going on in Indy, um, and having experienced the last time that franchise was playing at a high level in the league, I know how important it is to the people in that town and and uh, the entire state of Indiana. But man, you talk about a crazy turn of events um, from from last year's finals in the way Miami left that floor. Could you? I mean, can you imagine them getting knocked out? In the conference semifinal, I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah, I know. I, you know, even when they lost, when it went one to one, I thought, well, they're gonna, you know, this is a team they're gonna rally back. Yeah. I didn't think, it, I didn't think it would get worse in the <laughs> game three. Man, um, you know, and at this point though, I think it's a very real possibility, and it's, a, you know, uh, it, it seems more likely than it does unlikely at this point. I mean, listen, they didn't just lose. They didn't just lose game three. I mean, they got smoked. They got smoked. D-Wade struggled, you know, crazy. I mean, just – I don't know what to make even. And so much has been said about him, obviously, since, uh, you know, since Bosch went down. And, you know, I got into a Twitter beef today with a lot of people just because (laughs) I felt like – no, I'm I'm serious. This idea that the Heat – the Miami Heat is the first team to ever deal with injuries and 
you know, some adversity in the playoffs, and somehow that that gives them a pass if they don't win. It's like teams lose guys all the time, right. you know, and you either step up and play the next man in line or you get beat and you deal with it. But it's not a deal, you know, it's not one of the situations where you get to use this as some kind of crutch or excuse. And I'm not blaming – I'm not saying the players are doing that, but I think a lot of people, fans, observers, you know, people in the media, I'm making – Make, trying to make an explanation for this, or like they got to have some explanation for why this is happening. It's like this is what everybody deals with. You got to survive the playoffs. I don't, well, I don't think it's an excuse, but I do think it, it is an explanation, right? I mean that that you can look very clearly and say, well, they don't have their biggest post presence, and that's affecting sure. them. Sure, I but I'm saying, you know, uh, Magic Johnson got hurt in the finals one time in the playoffs years ago, and in, in the you know, and the Lakers ended up losing. Um, you know, I mean, Isaiah Thomas got hurt once. Uh, I, you know, you can run up and down the list of, of great players who have been injured, you know, at a, at a key time. And it's, it either makes or breaks their playoffs. But that's not – I'm saying it doesn't matter. You still have to survive it one way or another. Either you're going to survive right. it and, and win or, you, or, you, or you're going to survive it and, and get beat. But I'm not going to give the Heat – I'm not putting any more credence into their injuries than anyone else's. Last year, prime example, and one of the examples I used on, uh, when I was arguing today – the Dallas Mavericks played without Karan Butler for most of the end of the regular season last year in the entire playoffs. And I'm, I'm not saying he and Chris Bosh are comparable players, but I'm saying his role on that team was comparable to Chris Bosh's role in Miami. And nobody brought Karan Butler up at all last year as the, as the Mavericks were well, making Well, I don't agree with that either. I, don't, I mean, I don't think they have comparable roles. I mean, oh, I, I would say they do. Think about what Karan Butler was doing for the Mavericks when he got hurt last year. Averaging like a it. double double, he was their he was their second leading scorer and clearly one of their top three options, which is the same role Chris Bosh would occupy, basically for the Miami Heat. Would he not? I but I think Bosh means a lot more a defensively against you know helping out against Hibbert and those guys, but also rebounding wise. Um, you know, that's not that's, what I'm talking about. I'm saying if if a team loses its third option, its third right. best player. Regardless of whatever matchup there, and I'm saying if you lose your third best player, it's the same. You, you're losing the same guy in your team's rotation in terms of. I, I know what you're saying, but I also yeah. think that. But I also think that you could argue that Butler wasn't their third best player in terms of importance. Well, who would have been? The, who would have been more important to him on, on that team at the time he went down? Tyson Chandler. And that's what I'm saying. That's revisionist history. Tyson Chandler was <laughs> a couple of months into his into his tenure with him, and nobody knew how good he was. I'm going just to saying. Be. I'm just saying. I, I'm, not at the time is what would I'm you saying. Are, would time. you agree that Karan Butler was was their uh, most important wing player? No, right. I mean, it's probably Dirk Nowitzki's, like you know the best outside shooter they had, or or guy who could hit mid range jumpers, that kind of thing, right? Sure. Jason Terry might be there too. And then maybe Karan Butler was maybe like the, you know, I'm, I'm just saying Chris Bosh is the main guy they have underneath the basket. I'm not saying that this is an excuse for them. I'm not saying that, you know, this is, they can write off the season, anything like that. I'm just saying to me, Bosh is, is a, a major, major, major part of what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm, he was more so than Karan Butler was to Dallas. I don't know. And I, I'm saying, I don't know about that. And I'm saying this idea, the, the circumstances are certainly different. You know, Miami's team is composed differently. But we didn't know that the, the Mavericks were a championship team when they lost Karan Bullard. I'm serious. Go back and look at right. the clip oh, that went totally. down. It was devastating. They, people were like, oh, 
the Mavericks' chances of even getting out of the first round are done. I went back and looked at the clips. People were like, oh, the Maverick, you know, they got no chance if Karan Butler's hurt. Seriously, go back and look at the clips. People thought their season was devastated with that injury. They thought, oh, it's, it's a wrap. That's how important he was at the time when he went down. I remember you know? that. I, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's a little bit different if Karan Butler goes down than if, if Tyson Chandler had gone down. I, I just disagree. I, I think because, I mean, I think that I, that idea would suggest that we knew at the time he went down that Tyson Chandler would play the role he did in their championship run. And I'm saying it's it's a very, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say that at the time. It's easy to look back at it now and, and when they win a championship. And, you know, and Tyson Chandler's defensive player of the year the next year. I mean, yeah, we can say that now. But right. when he went, when he got injured, Google it. Look it up. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm just saying if Dallas, if, if Dallas's best interior defender and rebounder had gone down, I think we would have looked at it differently than if Butler had gone down. Right. Right? Uh, no, I'm saying it in hindsight, yes. In retrospect, you can look at that now and say yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm arguing that at the moment when he went down, his, him going down to me is, a, is the same as Chris Bosh getting injured for the Miami Heat. You lose a guy who's your third option, your third best player. But yeah, but what I'm but <laughs> but what I'm saying is when Karan Butler goes down with Dallas, you say, well, there's other guys who can, you know. We didn't know that at the time. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm but saying. there's I'm saying there's other guys at the time. You say, well, there's other guys. Dirk Nowitzki's going to have to shoot more jumpers. Somebody's going to have to pick up this scoring load, right? Somebody's going to have to play defense and pick up where he left off, and you right, know, maybe, right, and, you, right. and you say maybe maybe whoever Deshaun Stevenson can do that or whoever it was at the time. Um, and when Bosch goes down, you say, "Well, there's no one who can do that really on Miami." I don't. Yeah, I I, I don't know that I agree with that, but we can agree to disagree. I'm just saying, I think this impo- the you you and people other people that agree with that are putting a much greater emphasis on Bosch now than people put on him before he got hurt. And I'm saying that's to me a little. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see how that. Well, I I do think he's been underrated during the season. I think his importance right. to them was underrated all season long. But I mean, right. he was also an all star, right? I mean, yeah, he was an all star, no question. And listen, you, I'm arguing the other side right now, and I'm the same dude who wrote a story earlier this year saying it's Chris Bosh, the Miami Heat's most important player, and took took arrows from all the Heat fans, going, you know, are you serious? And you know, Toronto people in Toronto, you know, lobbing. Uh, you know, virtual eggs at me on Twitter, you know, saying, come on, man, you know, <laughs> but my, my point being my, my overarching point being any team can lose one of its top players. And, and, and I guess we could always weigh the importance of that guy on a specific team. But I, my point is anytime you get into a playoff series, a playoff scenario, teams have to survive whatever adversity they face. And I'm and I'll be more impressed if the Miami Heat, he not only survive it, but survive it in the in this in the fashion that means LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and sh- certainly somebody else has to step up and play a larger role. Um, I mean, because what, what when we talk about Karan Butler going down, that would suggest that everybody knew JJ Barea was going to play out of his mind in the playoffs. Right, and, right, right. You know, then then you can look and go, well, yeah, well, Butler didn't mean that much to him. Well, at the time, that was you know nobody knew that. I don't even think the Mavericks knew that because right. a lot of those guys' roles increased because Karan Butler was not around. 
I think you also have to talk about the timing of it, too. Sure, absolutely. Because Karan Butler got injured, like, in January last year. So they had a lot of time. Yes, they had yeah. time to work through it. Ab- that And that I will concede, absolutely, no doubt about it. But we didn't know that, you know, who knew that J.J. Barea would play exactly. the role? No. He played, you know, I mean, they had a lot of guys that ended up stepping up throughout the course of a, of a long playoff run. And to me, you only learn certain things about a team laying it, it if they win a championship, like all of those things come to light right. throughout the journey that is winning a championship. And that's, that's why I said it's hard for me to look back and say, well, had Tyson Chandler gotten hurt in January, the same time Karan Butler did, and they went, they went on and won the championship. Would anybody have said, well, you know, man, Tyson Chandler, losing Tyson Chandler was just back, you know, was a backbreaker. Well, we wouldn't have known because he wouldn't have had a chance to go through all those playoff series and do all that he did. What if he got hurt in the second you round? Know, Exactly. I don't. I don't know. I'm saying I'm not sure what would happen, but I, I just know that we wouldn't. I covered the Mavericks from the first day of the playoffs to the last, and I'm telling you, when we I sat in Portland one night when they when Brandon Roy went off and came back, everybody thought they were done in that series. It's, they were not the preemptive, right? You know, favorite or presumptive favorite, rather like the Heat. You know, have been all season long in terms of getting to a championship. Um, and I don't care if Bosch was health healthy or hurt. I'm not sure I'd have picked the Heat to win in the finals this year, depending on who was on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. I mean, look well, at the I Spurs. Mean, I mean, I picked Oklahoma City before the season started, you know. Right, um, right. But now the way the Spurs are playing, I don't <laughs> I know. it's hard. To, I'm telling you, I watched them. I'm looking at them last night, and I'm going, man, who's supposed to beat this team? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Again, I, like I said, I got into a tizzy earlier about this whole Bosch thing, and, I, and I'm really not arguing – against anything other than excuse makers. Cause I, I think, I do think that Bosch has been underrated. Like you said, um, not just this year, but last year, I thought Bosch took an undue amount of, of heat from people. Um, he's the one guy to, of the big three who doesn't have any wiggle room. Like you said, he doesn't have, if he's not playing well, he can't look over and go, well, you, you take it. Right. You know, if he's not playing well in his position, he can't look over and go D way, get it. You know, like you, you yeah. come down here and go to work. LeBron and D way do have each other, you know, to, to lean on and to play off of when necessary. Um, but, Bo, well, you know, Bosch can't exactly turn to Joel Anthony and Udonis Hasman go, you know, go out here and get this, go ahead and get this 18 and nine, you know, right. every night. I mean, it's, it's a, you're right. I mean, I, in that respect, it's a different animal. Well, Lane, we, we uh, saved the best for last this week on the Hang Time Podcast, Lane. We got Chris Weber, NBA TV, TNT's very own, the man joining us here on the show. See, Webb, what's good with you, sir? Hey man, not too much, man. Just uh just I'm actually just watching the replay right now on NBA T V, uh LA and uh OKC. I think it's game two, so I'm just watching some T V, that's all. You might you might want to cover your eyes when the last two minutes come <laughs> 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 I know what happened, I just you know, trying to see everything <laughs> trying to see everything else that happened before that, you know. <laughs> um I mean in Webb, you watch these games and you know, you obviously you've been in these situations before, man. What's What's going through the Lakers' head when they when they're watching that game slip through their fingers like that in a crucial, all important game like that that could have completely changed the entire tone of the playoffs for them? You know what? If you know, I always say that you know each. I've seen games where guys have lost, you know, by one point, and you're thinking about a shot that somebody shouldn't have taken in the second quarter that started the downslide of, you know, a 10-0 run and things like that. So when you have a lot of plays that you can look back at and say, wow, you know, 
we didn't give the effort or our all or we didn't play that well on it. It really does, you know, it really does hurt you as a player. The only thing that you can rely on is hopefully, you know, it wasn't effort related. Um, Cause then, you know, maybe you could just change a few things and make adjustments. And also, you know, they can go home. So the fact that they're going home to their home crowd where they play pretty well, you know, may, you know, may be a lift for them, but, yeah, it's pretty depressing as a player when you let game, you know, when you get blown out of one game and let the other one slip away. Right. Chris, I know you're doing um, Philly and Boston series. Um, tell us what you've seen so far from the Sixers. That, that I mean, do you think they have a chance to win this series? You know what? I do think they have a chance to win the series. Um, they're really good at penetrating. And, you know, when they come out with energy and they play well and they can push the ball, they have a chance, you know. I think, you know, Sekou just asked about, you know, the Lakers. I think Philly is a team that's regretting how they played in game one. You know, they let that game slip away. You know, it's, it's you know, you just get mad at young teams or, or teams that just seem to take off 10 minutes of a game just mentally because, you know, you can keep an eight-point lead. You know, you want to be up eight points. Every team doesn't have to make a run in the fourth quarter. That's not true. You know, if you look at the way San Antonio plays, it's, they, you know, they don't play that way. So, you know, I think, you know, they do have a chance, but I think they just have to really execute and, and knock down some shots. They are less experienced, but, you know, I think their they're youth and energy, and, and, and if they play hard, that could be a, a deciding factor for them. Right. Webb, I'm, I'm watching all these games around the league, and I'm looking at guys like Andrew Bynum, um, who's done a lot of talking this year and done a lot of playing, played really well. And then I'm watching them in this playoffs and I don't see the dominant big man who's supposed to be rivaling Dwight Howard for the, you know, the title of quote unquote, the best big man in the NBA. What, what is it about the playoffs that has guys either rise and play in, you know, and, and, and rise up in that moment and then other guys not do that. What is it about that change in the calendar that some guys can adjust to and others can't? I think it's the name on the back of the Jersey. It's not mm-hmm. the Lakers or, or, OKC, I think it's, you know, Bryant or, you know, whatever name you would say. And I just think it's the individual. And, you know, even you asking that question, I think that's a fair question. But I think it's unfair because Paul Casal is supposed to be a better player than Andrew Bynum. Right. So, you know, he's a seven-footer. So, to me, he has more experience. It's how dare him. You know, is it, you know, is it true that, you know, all this stuff is just a – is the way, is this the power star we always know? You know, I've always said this, Kobe is like, is like um, drinking liquor. You know, how you get a little courage, you might talk to a girl or you get touched <laughs> in the scene, you know? And so, you know, with Kobe, all these guys are really tough, and sometimes when you get exposed, you you know, you turn, you revert back to who you really are, and so I don't think you can let Casal off the hook. You know, Bynum's younger than Casal. Casal knows better. Now, right. if you want to talk about Bynum, Bynum has been showing, you know, he's crazy all year from the three-pointers and getting tough with coach and things like that because he's had a couple, you know, a successful season. So, you know, it seems that he lost his mind early in the season. But Paul Casal, you know, there's no excuse for him having, you know, five points, three points, whatever it was in the playoff game. You know, a big man, you can get three offensive rebounds a game. You can get six points. Right. You know, you can get six points just from offensive rebounds. So there's no excuse, especially, you know, if you look at their body language, it's just, you know, they're really cool out there, you know. And that's so, there's the big fellas of those two. That's what, you know, I just think that it's, it's, it's just sad that the consistency of effort just seems not to be there. Seiko and I were talking earlier, Chris, about um, 
Oklahoma City and San Antonio, and if anyone in the West, you know, speaking of the Lakers, can knock them off or get past them to, to get to a title. Uh, I mean, do you, do you think in the West it's, it's going to be one of those two teams? And if so, which, which team do you think it is? You know, I, I, very honestly, I still think, you know, the Lakers have a chance if they play the way they can. I don't think that series is over. Um, but, but you know, I think it could be between, you know, OKC, the Lakers, and San Antonio. San Antonio definitely are playing the best ball right now. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely uh, think it could be between those three. But, you know, it, it, it's really, you know, I know it's, it, 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 you know, most cliches are true, but it, it is a cliche. But each, you know, it's the best matchups usually, you know. And, uh, and you know, whoever has the best matchup in the series usually win. And so, you know, Lakers actually, to me, have a better matchup with San Antonio than OKC. And, you know, if OKC doesn't show up the inside, you know, Tony Parker scores in the paint just as much as Westbrook. And, you know, San Antonio guards any one player better than any, you know, team does in the NBA, which is why you see them converging on Chris Paul. And, you know, how is it that the other night that the most athletic guy in the league has one rebound in the game? And Griffin. So that just shows you how they concentrate. You know, they stop the run or they stop the long bomb. They might give you something, but they're going to stop, you know, what they want to. And a lot of times for most teams, it's just you don't have any other options. So San Antonio does seem to be the favorite, but over in the West. But I mean, OKC is OKC. Is OKC. So, I, you know, I'm just glad to be a basketball fan because it's going to be interesting. <laughs> goes on. You, you, uh, you mentioned a great point, Webb, about the, the Jersey you know, and the name on the front and then the name on the back being the thing that sticks out. Now, I'm assuming that's the only reason we see Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan playing like it's 1999, you know, both of them balling, (laughs) you know, putting up all-star numbers and playing huge in these playoffs. That's just about who these two cats are and, and the fact that they are not going away until they say they're going away. I mean, definitely, and it's also about, you know, what you have accomplished, and not necessarily in championships, but, like, you know, what obstacles in your life you've been through, you know. There's a lot of people out here that want to, you know, be writers and, and, and get into, you know, sports and things like that, but, you know, you have a background and you've been doing it, so, you know, somebody who just did it one day may not have the confidence of somebody that's been doing it for years and, and that type of thing, and when it comes to the playoffs, you know, their attitude is, how dare you? How, how, you know, I wish I would be scared at this moment when I've been through this so many times. And I realize more than anyone, you know, speaking in their voice that, you know, that you only get, a, you know, so many chances. So I do think the experience of them, and it, you know, it breeds the arrogance because they know how many shots they shot or how hard they worked. Right. And, you know, that, that's all you can rely on at the end of the day is how hard you play. And believe me, when, when it's over, you just want to make sure, you know, you left it out there. And I think that definitely... You know, you saw the how stubborn Paul Pierce was the other day. He was just mad because people he was mad because people thought one person can check him. Right. You know, everybody's Andre Iguodala did a great job and he did, but he was like, Okay, y'all wanna make this about the Andre Iguodala series? Y'all must have forgot. You know, like that song uh Ray Jones made, Y'all must have forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to remind them like, you know, it's not a game. So I like when the ego comes in as an individual, as long as your name remembers that you still have to play for that team on the front. But you definitely want the name on the back of the team on that jersey to mean more than the front so it can help the front become the team that it should be. You know, we we were talking earlier about before you were on, we were talking about the Pacers and the Heat series and how the Pacers have a you know legitimate chance of knocking off the Heat and getting to the finals, but we didn't really talk about Boston at all. Um, 
as you're watching that series, you know, you said Philly's not out of this, but I mean, I, I was at that game in, in Philly on Wednesday night watching the Sixers, I mean, the Celtics play. I'm not ready to write them off either. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, no, no, you're totally right. Actually, you know, the prediction that I had as soon as Bosch went out and was that, you know, the Celtics are going to the championship. So it's, you know, yeah, I do think Philly has a chance, you know, especially if they can, I've seen how they play, you know, on the road. So I don't want to put them out of it. But if they don't take advantage of this, Boston, I even think Boston's play increased when they realize, like, man, you know what, this is the series. I think they realize, like, this is, because they're already going to be energized in the next series. You know what I mean? They don't need any help in that one. So they're just like, let's get through. And by the way, if they get through and get a little bit of rest and get Ray Allen back, they rely on their defense, and it. <laughs> come on, man. KG against the Heat, you know, you think he's confident <laughs> now. So I totally agree. I, I would have to say, and wouldn't it be funny if it was a Celtics, uh, Celtics Spurs championship? Whoever would have thought? <laughs> oh man, that that would be throwback basketball at its finest. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Do you do nope. you feel like, and, and we Lang and I battled about this a few minutes ago before you came on. I I got real indignant today. With all these people. Uh-oh. I did with all these people, you know, saying, well, you know, Bosch is hurt and Wade is playing through some injuries and people always play through teams always deal with this in the playoffs. It's always been about surviving the grind of these playoffs. I'm not prepared to to write the, the heat of uh, a hall pass if somebody's hurt. Am I wrong for assuming that them losing Bosch is no more significant than any other team losing one of their top three players? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I don't even know why you have to defend that position. Who is saying? Who is even saying that? Because yeah, I mean, you know, Luau Dang. I mean, let's go. Karan Butler's head is broken. You know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody is hurt. Whether you can play, whether you can't. And so, first of all, the series with Paul Pierce. Just the fact that that they said. I mean, not Paul Pierce. I'm sorry. With Dwayne Wade, he's getting worked on. Every player gets worked on. Ninety percent right. of the guys are banged up right now, and really, if you look at body language, it's fluid. So I don't buy that. So no, I don't buy that. And they got the the best two, and I don't even think the way way is going to make that an excuse. And I don't think he likes people making that excuse for him. But mm. I do think that this shows how Bosch was to them. Yes. Now, right. now, now, besides that, no, you can't. Don't cry for me, and you shouldn't cry for them. Of course not. But I think it just shows how important Bosch was. But no, it's been injuries. Nobody cried when Ian Shumpert went out. He was just as right. important. Everybody's dogging Carmelo. Melo didn't have Shumpert. They don't have Bosch. You know what I mean? So what? Nobody's crying for Melo. They're saying Melo and Stoudemire can't get along. You know? Right. So, no. I mean, it would have been interesting to see them play with play with Bosch not playing. So, yeah, they do not get a pass. That, that does not matter. It is sports. You know, it's not it's not a perfect way for anybody to go. Everybody gets hurt. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, you still have to play. Kareem got hurt. We saw what Magic did, sat in the captain's chair. Nobody cares about somebody getting hurt at this time, and especially to not use the word getting treatment. I'd rather you say somebody's injured and they shouldn't be playing and, you know, they're risking permanent injury, then we can talk about it. But when you're talking about, you know, they're, you know, they're getting treatment, that's what everybody's getting. Right. I'm glad, glad, I'm glad we finished that argument, Lang. No more of that. Um my bad, Lang, if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, and, and honestly, Webb, I, I think, too, um, the last lockout-shortened season, people, nobody put an asterisk next to the Spurs championship. 
Um, and I and I guarantee you there were injuries and other adversities that, that people had to deal with. So I'm not prepared to do that to this season either. I think whoever wins this title this year, they get a title just like any other season. You deal with whatever is at hand, and, and you still have to overcome that to win a championship. I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that um, in 99. Mm-hmm. Um because it was 50 games, and, and I think I was a, a part of it, and I don't know <laughs> if it's because it was personal, I don't, or, or how many games, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, but I think that the way this season was played and how not just one team, the favorite, had a hurt person, but a lot of teams had hurt people, and, you know, it still was such a close MVP race, and it still came off of the close games of last year, and there was so much drama, you know, I, I, it makes me look. It makes me look at the first lockout different. So, whereas you say, well, people didn't put an asterisk. I did put an asterisk by it, but mm. I'm, I'm I'm erasing it because if you <laughs> include one lockout, you have to include all lockouts. And I think this makes me respect the season that happens. Like you said, it still happened during the season. So I think it makes me respect. The fact that wow, this was a good lockout season, and and maybe the other one was a bad lockout season, but you can't blame it on short training camp. Everybody has short training camps. Everybody got hurt. So, and this still to me is one that you know, it's still a great season. So, yeah, I don't think any asterisk will be will be by it. You know, for instance, I won um, the rebounding title that year, and I always was like it didn't count. And <laughs> looking at it, and then I still kind of feel that way. It was short and. You know, what would have happened in the other games? But, it, you know, I wouldn't take that away from a guy like Harden. He earned mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't take it from a defensive player like Tyson Chandler. We right. saw him earn it. So, yeah, you're right. I don't think it, you know, I don't think it should be an asterisk, Brian. Well, Webb, we know you're busy, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. It's always good to hear your voice. And, and listen, the serious show, the, the satellite radio show, top-notch, top-notch stuff. <laughs> um, I'm glad I, I'm glad I have. <laughs> serious XM in the car. I can listen to that. You know, you're doing all kinds of big things, man. Very, hey, very impressed. Hey, man, thank you very much, man. I just, I, I appreciate it, man. I'm just uh, trying to have fun, man. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to stay this close to basketball. I got so many friends that you know hoop, and we get to talk about it. You know, you know by, you know, we're by ourselves, but to be able to talk about it on shows like this and have people listen to your opinion, it's a cool thing. So I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. No question, man. Chris Webber, TNT, NBA TV, hanging out with us on the Hang Time Podcast. Always good to hear his voice, Lang. Um, especially good to hear his voice when he uh, backs up my argument. That is, <laughs> that's even more priceless. I don't know uh, what happened, but as soon as he backed up your argument, my internet went out. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a sign or something. That was, that was a glitch in the Matrix, baby. You just... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that point he made about the names on the backs of jerseys at this time of year, you know, and everybody always talks about, you know, you, it's about the team and you're playing for this, you know, the Lakers. It is. But that name on the back of the jerseys, it's important this time of year, Lane. You know, yeah. it's always important, but this time of year, especially KG. And I look at KG and I look at Duncan and I look at some of these guys who've always find a way to show up this time of year. Paul Pierce is a great example of that. Um, you know, legacies are made, you know, in, in the playoffs. I mean, this is where guys uh, make, you know, make that, 
that statement, you know, that Hall of Fame type statement about themselves and about what kind of players they are. Um, and I gave, I do, I, I'm like a lot of people. I look at Bynum and expect Bynum to play at this certain level. And I do, I don't know, maybe I do give Gasol a pass when I shouldn't. Um, Cause he hasn't played, he hasn't played terribly well in these playoffs. It's almost like there's a sliding scale there. Like, you know, Bynum's, <laughs> Bynum's on the way up. Gasol's kind of at his peak now. And at some point he's going to start going on the way down. And we almost, you know, if a guy who's been there for a long time doesn't show up, you think, well, he's had an off night, you know, like Wade having a, a bad night in game three, you, you think, yeah. well, he had a bad game, you know, he'll be okay. But with a guy like Bynum, you know, you, you, it's, this is the time of year where you, he has to step up and he has to do it. Um, you know, and when he doesn't do it, then that's when he gets the blame, I guess. But I, yeah. I, that's a good point though, that, you know, that Gasol is sort of kind of getting overlooked in all this. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's interesting. We we'll, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up with Webb. Uh, you know, maybe during the finals. Um, yeah, you know, we get some do some hang time podcast live from the NBA finals wherever we are, and it's maybe he can go to lunch with us in Indianapolis. <sighs> I love Indy, so I can't say anything bad about Indianapolis. I mean, I, I have nothing. There. The only thing bad about Indianapolis is that we wouldn't be having lunch with Genesis Rodriguez exactly. there. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's it's a bittersweet thought to even you know you feel great for the fans in Indianapolis in that city, but good lord, if they cost us Genesis Rodriguez, hey, you know, look, this season, this is, the playoffs are still going. <laughs> I'm not ready to write off anyone at this point. No, no, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get a neutral site. I would. I'm, I would not be shocked if the Heat win this series. No, I, I would not either. I'm not by any means writing. I'm listen. I'm not writing anybody off at this point. Exactly. Until you get until, you get, until somebody gets up three to one, then you know. Then it becomes a foregone conclusion, basically. It's, you know. But and if somebody gets up three zero, obviously, you know, if the if the Spurs go into L.A. and beat the Clippers and they go up three zero, you it's it's done. You know. Based on the history of these seven game series, no team's ever come back from from o three to win a series so yeah, I mean but I think but I do think at two to one it's like eighty percent yes it's eighty two percent at two to one yeah. so that there's still a glimmer of hope for the Lakers um you know for the heat obviously um all these teams that are down two to one there's a chance i mean there's still a fighting chance so i listen I, I will call and make the reservation myself at Versailles if <laughs> That'll make you feel better. I'm not giving up on lunch with Genesis Rodriguez in Miami. Not yet. So. I think that's a good uh, attitude to have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Lang Whitaker doing it again on the Hangtime Podcast here. Seku Smith from the Hangtime Blog. Thank our guests, Mike Wells of the Indianapolis Star, Chris Weber of TNT and NBA uh, fame, and also of NBA TV. Gerald Wall is going back. Uh, into the lab to get this thing together for you and we will definitely see you next time later thanks for listening to the hang time podcast to download more episodes of the show visit the itunes music store be sure to check out the hang time blog on nba.com and for more of lang visit slamonline.com you can follow seku and lang on twitter at seku smith nba and lang with the smyrna spartans have yet to get on twitter but we'll let you know when they do When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.